Hello. I know it's been a while since we've done one of these. Uh, it's been a while since I've had any time to podcast. And as the Lenten season begins and as we start our journey into Hosea, which is our next book study, I wanted to uh, read the Ash Wednesday homily that we went through last night. I'm also going to uh, mention the scripture. I'm not going to read it all because there are five verse. I mean, five uh, readings, and uh, it's quite long, and I don't want to bore you all on whatever you're doing. So, uh, the scripture references that I will be using is Joel two, one through two, and then twelve through seventeen. Also, be using Isaiah fifty eight one through twelve alongside Psalm 51, 1 through 17. Also now moving into the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 5, 20b through 6:10, And then also Matthew 6, 1 through 6, 16 through 21. I'll also put that in the show notes just in case you want to uh, check it out and read those scriptures. So I'll just move right into the homily. This is Ash Wednesday homily from 2021. From life's first breath to one's death, The truth that we must all accept is that we will all die. That is not something that we can deny. Now that we know that we will die, the question always becomes, how will we live? Ash Wednesday hits a little bit different. We're in the midst of a pandemic, doesn't it? As we mourn the loss of 485,000 dead in the United States alone, we have a little bit of a heavier Ash Wednesday. And in fact, the last time that we were able to gather together in person as a church, inside, without wearing masks, was Ash Wednesday last year, where I I talked about a Christian's guide to revolution and also talked about giving up fascism uh, for Lent. And yet here we are. It seems that fascism had its own revolution inside the United States. We sit with anxiety about the dead we feel heavier from isolation, from heavier and not just from isolation. The world got heavy all of a sudden, and we needed rest. And you would think that during all of this self-isolating, you would be able to find rest. And yet it seems being stuck at home was not restful at all. Sure, we were able to catch up on reading. Sure, we got really good at Zoom and drive-by birthday. Sure, we even got distracted by things like the Tiger King and the Great British Bake Off. But it all became work. A self-isolating work. And our screens became our portals to the world, skewed views through filters of life. Seeing celebrities celebrities in their million-dollar mansion singing, imagine no possessions, I wonder if you can, no need for greed or hunger, without a single bit of irony missed. Seeing people get really good at baking different types of bread. Seeing people going out on their social feeds and then you secretly judging them for doing so. Seeing the big moments of friends and family through a 1080p lens. We had our nose swaps, our throats examined, every single cough go through our heads and every breath analyzed. It became so much. So what is left of Lent? What do we think we can give up? What can we even begin to think? And yet, here we have the prophet Joel who reminds us to rend our hearts and not our clothes. But then I spend time looking at the church. Here we have. And what have we? 
We have rendered our church choir robes, but not our hearts. We have rendered our voices into the ears of power, but not our hearts. We have rendered a desire to keep the peace, and yet not our hearts. We have rendered hashtags, blank squares, and social media posts, and not our hearts. And if we did render our hearts, if our hearts have already been stripped bare, they're tired. And we can't find anything to give. Our hearts just aren't in the church anymore. We open up our jackets and we find our cupboards bare. One of the weird things about how we work as humans is that we need each other. Our connection to each other is what makes our hearts grow. Compassion and empathy, it's all linked into relationships. If we even remember the Grinch, his heart grew three sizes once he realized he needed those who's and whoville. We need each other. And yet it, sense, it feels like we had a year of Lent where we gave up one another. We gave up in-person presence. So I ask again, what is left to rend? Oh, Lord, how I've hidden my heart from you. Oh, Lord, how I have not trusted you. Oh, Lord, how I have not believed in you. If you were my portion, oh, Lord, did I parcel you away? If you declared yourself enough, did I only take small bites? If you filled me up, then why am I still seeking? If I know I'm going to die, what choices am I making about how I live? And what am I going to do to live from one's life's first breath to one's death? The truth that we all must accept is that we will die. That is not something that I can or we can deny. But now that we know that we must die, how? How will we live? If I were a holy man, I would look to scripture and see the Lord desires so much And so little at the same time. See, Lent has changed so much over the last decade, and yet this year has somehow brought it back closer to its original intent. Lent went from being about a community, seeking to grow closer to God, to about how individuals could grow closer to God. And this year, we spent so much time focusing on ourselves that we want to know the other again. Because we felt like it wasn't it when we just paid attention to ourselves. See, our God is holistically holy. And yet we turn God so many times into an individual so that we can feel better about our own individualism. We make God in our image so that when I look in a mirror, I know that it will be okay. Because in this last year, I spent a lot of time looking in mirrors. And sometimes it did not seem like God stared back, but rather my own image. And we all grew tired because we are never created for isolation. We are created for one another. And we desire the other and being around others because God desires the other. Those are the words that the prophet remind us. The fasting that the Lord desires is not for our own sake. It is not for self-improvement. It is not for some outwardly sign. We do not put ashes on our heads so that others can see it. We put ashes on our heads to remind us that when we look into a mirror, we should see an image of God. When we look at the other, we should see the image of God. So as the prophet Isaiah charges us, what does God see when he looks in the mirror? He sees 
himself breaking the bonds of injustice. He sees himself setting the prisoner free. He sees himself giving food to the hungry. He sees himself closing the naked. So maybe we put our ashes on our heads to remind ourselves that when we look in the mirror, this is what the Lord has asked us to see. And yet, in a time of pandemic, it is so hard to see the other. We feel so helpless. How can I love the person that I cannot see? How can I love those that we cannot see? God, rend our eyes. God, rend our hearts. God, rend our hands. God, rend our feet. Because the psalmist reminds us, O Lord, open my lips with my mouth. We will declare your praise. For you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give you a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken Spirit, a broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. Ash Wednesday is a time for us to remind ourselves that we, not I, are dependent upon God. And yes, we must as individuals seek practices to remind ourselves that we are dependent on God. But if we, but we do not do this, if we do not do this as a community, as a church, we will affect nothing. We have missed the forest of salvation for a tree of individualism. Nash Wednesday serves as a reminder. As the prophet said, the axe is near the root of the tree. So lest I become a Pharisee, Lord, cut me down. For a broken tree, whole holy, is a better than a burnt tree put to ash. So perhaps this ash on our forehead is a reminder. Put to dust the things that are I and we, so we can embrace the us in the image of God. Become fully holy, holy, fully holy, holy. The angels rejoice, holy, 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 to let go and let God, to embrace the fact that we will die, not just when our last breath leaves us, but every day. If this last year has taught us anything, it is that we must die to ourselves every day because it is the I that gets in the way of we. So what should we do now? We still can't gather. We still can't see the other person. We still see through a video conference mirror dimly. The church has often mixed up guilt with introspection. The words are not tonight are not meant to shackle you, but rather give you the tools to free yourself. The words are not meant for you to wear in public, but rather keep in secret. Keep to spend time with the Lord in secret so that he may use you in the public. I have often found that it is the struggle that is quite the opposite. Those who want to be seen doing the Lord's work publicly often do not know him in the secret. And they have their reward. They have gained the things of this world. But those who know the Lord, may we be poor but satisfied, for that is what the gospel of Matthew reminds us. We are called to have this time of introspection. Let us not waste the last year that the times that we have spent in introspection. Let us go to where God is. Let us to look where growth is going in your hearts, in your souls, but also in your church, in your community. Let us not spend time in guilt, but rather let us spend time in growing. Out of this broken tree, God will grow a garden that will feed his people. 
that will clothe his people and its roots will break the chains of injustice so that we may rejoice, so that we may live for that before the Lord calls us home. So once again, from life's first breath to one's death, the truth that we must all accept is that we will all die. This is not something that anyone can deny. And now that we know that we will die, we must ask ourselves how we will live. I want you to be blessed during this time of Lent, my friends. May the Lord watch over you and keep you. May you be able to have times of quiet introspection in the secret to see how the Lord is leading you. And also, most importantly, please remember to wash your hands.